of never out of bounds of course this is a place where you can say what you want as long as you got the facts today we have a lot to cover we are going to get into some college football uh we're going to be talking some uh some saturday action of course we have robbery week uh we are getting ready for the conference uh championships uh we are going to be breaking down the standings one last time the conference standings one last time as well i also want to get into some breaking news dealing with some coaches we got uh, Lincoln Riley headed out to USC. We got Brian Kelly headed down south to LSU. I wanted to, to share my thoughts on those. And then um, we also going to go through the Heisman watch. Of course, we are getting near that time as well. I also want to get into the NFL as well. Talk about some of the action on Sunday and, of course, Thanksgiving. I wanted to break down some news here as well with Taysom Hill. Also, the U.S. Sorry, the U.S. Congress and its issues with the league and also the city of St. Louis and its issues with the league, and in particular, L.A. Rams owner Stan Kroenke. also want to get into some college basketball. Going to get into the top 25. It's a new one for the week. I also want to take a recap of tonight and also what went on during the weekend. And finally, I want to wrap everything up with, uh, with a segment I like to call Off the Deep End. I'm just going to go into a tangent, pretty much going to a topic, uh, not necessarily news or sports related or whatever. Um, I guess big questions and, you know, you know, I guess abstract things. I don't know the right word to say, but today I'll be talking about idolatry and how it exists today and uh, another form of it that we're not really paying attention to. So, like I said, we have a lot to get into. So, let's just go ahead and get into it, of course, with the breaking news coming out of college football. Everybody and their mama is talking about, pretty much about this move here. Uh, Lincoln Riley heading out west, headed to USC. Of course, that is about eight hours south from me here in, in Northern California. And it's funny because, of course, earlier in the week, he had a little press conference talking about you know, I'm not headed to LSU. They asked him, what's up with you? What you're going to do? And the first thing he goes is, I'm not going to LSU. But and you were right about that. You weren't lying about that, but, you know, you were going to leave. So I thought that was hilarious. You know, he tried to, you know, be a little bit slick. You know, I thought it was hilarious. My thing about it is I, I'm to the point now where I don't understand why you know, these guys are grown ass men and understand, you know, there's feelings involved. Uh, you know, you meet these recruits or you, you know, develop these bonds with these players. And my thing is you're a grown ass man. You're 30 plus years old in this position. Why don't you just tell the truth? They got the, they got the, the microphones in front of your face asking, are you headed to LSU? 
No, but you know what? I am going to USC. Why don't you just say that? Like, how hard is it? You know, like, and he's not the first person to, you know, to, to, to scuttle over the truth or outright deny something. Of course, you had Nick Saban, one of the best to do it. He's lying, talking about, yeah, I'm gonna stay here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stay with, uh, the, I'm gonna stay in Miami. I'm not taking the job in Tuscaloosa. Just, just keep it real. Keep it 100. Look, it's been a tough trial. It's been a tough while. Uh, you know, they're gonna let me go, or I'm gonna go, or it's mutual. You know, just be a man about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, it, it doesn't. It, at the end of the day, I don't see where it's bothering really anybody else. You know how you carry about things. You know, do I think he gave a dick punch to Oklahoma fans? Not in the way. Not. I kind of think it is, because in reality, he's bringing this team up. This team has had some success, and we're gonna kind of break down some of the success because, again, I think you know. And I'm gonna break it down why I think LSU made the made this decision as well in just a second, but I just feel like it is kind of a dick punch because they've had some great years with him. Uh, I think they've been able to you know make some changes. Uh, you know they haven't crossed over into the next level in terms of winning the championship, but they've you know been in the, the the conversation. They've had this you know conference dominance, and for what it's worth. Uh, then moving to the SEC, and this is why you know I I question, well why move to the SEC in the first place? You know what you wanted to make this jump to the SEC. Now your main coach was going to rock with you, who you thought was going to rock with you. This is Oklahoma as a program now. He ain't going to do it. He ain't going to you know be there for you. He's going to jump to the Pac-12, where him and everybody else thinks it's going to be easier. Now of course he would give his generic coach answer. You know um, this is his quote. OU is one of the best college football programs in the country, and it has been forever. And eh, whatever. I don't believe in all that. That's hyperbole as well. This was a personal decision based solely on my willingness to take on a new challenge, and I felt like it was the right opportunity for me and my family uh, to do that. Now, again, you know, for what it's worth, you know, everybody loves the SEC. The real challenge would have been winning in the SEC with Oklahoma. With that being said, though, and I think a lot of us, and I've been hearing it from the analysts, I was watching uh, one of my YouTube guys, uh, Matt B. Great, I think that's the name of his channel, you know, he went in and shared his thoughts about Lincoln Riley headed to USC, and it's, y'all couldn't wait. And this is the problem with college football fans and how we cover this sport. And I think we have to get up out of this this mindset. We are too caught up on the big time schools. I'm sorry. I don't care if you're if you're a, a SEC diehard. I don't care if you're an ACC diehard. I don't care where your conference allegiances lie. Because let me tell you why. This is funny. As soon as, you know, Lincoln Riley makes this decision to go to USC, everybody in their mama goes, oh, he's going to win the Pac-12. The Pac-12 is sorry. He's going to come through and run rub shot. Really? Says who? Just, just totally ignoring Oregon. 
ignoring Stanford. Now, for what it's worth, yes, Oregon hasn't won a national championship. Right. Oklahoma has seven, although they haven't won shit since 2000. You're right. You're right. Okay. And he's going to a, you know, a blue blood program in USC. A program that, you know, should have been winning for a long time, but they've been, you know, on this hiatus of winning. And I think there's this, again, and I'm going to, I'm going to, I don't care. I'll live and die on this hill. I'll be the biggest martyr on this hill. The media and the rest of your YouTube and you podcasters and you, uh, you know, ESPN, football, college football, it don't really matter what channel, the pot, the Paul Five bombs of the world, everybody who thinks they know college football, y'all severely discount the Pac-12 and I'm tired of it. And I'm, I'm sick of the slander. I'm sorry, but I don't think that Lincoln Riley is all that. The motherfucker is 55 and 10 overall. Okay. 37 and 7 against the Big 12. You want to know why? Because the Big 12 is trash. Name me one Big 12 team currently in the Big 12 that's won a national championship. K-State? Outside of, of course, Oklahoma, who won it in 2000, and outside of Texas, who won their last in 2005 and made an appearance in 2000. Kansas, has Kansas State won a national championship? What about, let's see here, Kansas? No, huh? What about Oklahoma State? Maybe 1930s, maybe? Maybe. I don't remember about them. Texas, te- Texas Tech? No, never won a national championship. TC? No, never won shit. Baylor? No, Never won shit. They're pretty good this year. Just like Oklahoma State. They're pretty good this year. When was the last time Oklahoma State was 11-1? and one? Oh, okay. See, the problem is, y'all severely discount the, big t- the, the Pac-12 to big up what? The ACC? Who wins out of the ACC, mind you? With the exception of this year, of course. Let's, say, oh, yeah, let's, let's give, you know, by, by all means, let's give NC State... And, and Wake Forest, a, a round of applause. Great. Great. Will they do it next year? Probably not. Who's going to probably be the favorite coming out of the ACC despite this season? Clemson, right? Okay. Miami hasn't done shit since 2001. When was their last conference championship again? Oh, okay. That's what I thought. Okay. Let's, back, let's take it back to the Big 12. Again. We have two teams in that conference that's won a national championship. Let's go to the Pac-12. Let's look at all the teams that's won a national championship in the Pac-12. UCLA. We got USC. Cal. Shit, even Washington has won a couple. Oh, even now, mind you, it was a, long, a while back, if we, if you know, again, we could, we could put, we could put semantics on it and talk about what year it was. But how many teams are we up to now? Five, six teams. Five, did we just say four at least teams that's won a national championship? I can't even tell you the last time I seen Oklahoma State go to a, a national championship game, BCS or college football playoff. And you got the nerve to tell me, oh, the Pac-12 is garbage? 
Wow. Okay. Well, for what it's worth, um, Mario Cristobal and the Ducks are two and two in their ball games in his tenure. Guess what Oklahoma's record is? Zero and fucking three. Oh. But oh, but they're just gonna run rub shot in the in the in the Pac-12. He's just he's he's the greatest coach ever. Really, get off that dude's dick. He's not that special, and he's played in a very subpar conference that gets a lot of hype. Why? Well, let's talk about why. Because Oklahoma, because of Texas, two teams that for what is worth still still underperform. Look at Oklahoma's record. Two losses. Back to back. Last year, two losses. Last year, two losses. Lost in a fucking uh, playoff game. Two losses on the year. Two total losses on the year. And they lose in the, in the playoff game. Who have they beat? In a... Yeah. 
So far this year, he has completed 71% of his passes for 3,468 yards, 36 touchdowns, and also five interceptions. With his biggest wins or his biggest games so far this year, uh, this year coming against Michigan State, he went 32 of 55 for 430, sorry, 432 yards and also six touchdowns. He also will go on to have 484 yards and three touchdowns with just one pick versus Oregon. In his last game, he will go 34-49 for 394 yards and just two touchdowns. Of course, that was an L, but it definitely wasn't the reason why his team lost. Uh, he will go on to have five touchdowns versus Purdue earlier this year. Uh, he would also have three games, which included uh, victories against Indiana, Purdue, and Rutgers, where he would have... 12 total touchdowns and no interceptions. Uh, moving on uh, to Bryce Young out of Alabama. 71% of his passes, uh, that's what he's completed for 3,584 yards, 38 touchdowns, and three interceptions, but also a, a couple touchdowns on the ground as well. And headed into last week's game uh, versus Auburn, he will go on a tear with 18 touchdowns to zero interceptions. Uh, this included 559 yards and five touchdowns versus Arkansas. In his last game, of course, that W versus Auburn in the Iron Ball, he would go 25 of 51 for 317 yards and also two touchdowns and an interception. Uh, one, uh, one player that we do have in the running right now, Kenneth Walker, the third running back out of Michigan State, 1,498 rushing yards so far, second in the nation. He's also tied for fourth in rushing touchdowns with 17. He's averaging 6.4 yards per play. And uh, the problem is, though, he is he does have a bad win on his uh, resume so far. Just one, though. But he was kept to 25 yards and six carries to, uh, to Ohio State a couple weeks back. However, he would make up for it in last week's win versus Penn State. 138 rushing yards for a touchdown as well. Again, uh, the Spartans will get the W, 37, sorry, 27 to 20. Uh, we also got, of course, Matt Quarrel from Matt Quarrel, quarterback from Ole Miss. We did break that down a couple. We did break him down a couple times, so uh, we know what we're getting there. But let's go ahead and go to the NFL. Of course, uh, the NFL has been as a league has been in some hot water recently. Uh, legal issues, stuff of that nature. Uh, recently, there was a settlement with the city of St. Louis, and again, the owner of the Los Angeles Rams, uh, Stan Kroenke, and the league. Now, they were settled uh, in a in a uh, St. Louis court for seven hundred and ninety million dollars in damages. The city, St. Louis County, and the regional convention and sports complex. Uh, will go on to sue the Rams and the NFL starting in 2017. They claim that the league did not honor its own 
relocation policy and hold good faith negotiations negotiations to keep the land from moving in St. Louis. Now, this is a quote coming from St. Louis's mayor, uh, uh, sorry, Tashara Jones. She would go on to say this historic agreement closes a long chapter for our region, securing hundreds of millions of dollars for our communities while avoiding the uncertainty of the trial and appellate process. So again, big win for the city. We don't know what they are going to do with the money, though. The settlement also comes just before a trial date is set for January. Of course, the NFL got a whole lot of stuff going on in January, like, okay, Super Bowl, all this type of stuff. They're trying to, you know, put out the put out the look that, hey, they're a good league and, you know, whatever. They're not perfect, but we know what they're going to do. The defendants in the lawsuit, of course, were the Rams owner, uh, you know, like we said, Stan Kroenke. He owns Kroenke Sports and Entertainment. Uh, they were also suing the other 31, uh, 31 owners in the NFL as well as, of course, Rob as well. The suit wanted to bring back, excuse me, ooh, a billion dollars. In terms of damages, of course, with the team leaving, uh, the NFL also also uh, were worried about certain documents and finances being leaked out about you know being leaked to the public again with this trial going with this with this trial popping off. So they wanted to avoid that as well, and uh, you know again, so they wanted to make it. They decided to settle with the city out of court. Now, St. Louis officials sought again financial damages for what they claimed when they suffered when the team moved from St. Louis to Los Angeles. Uh, now, the move would leave the city with debt from the team's former stadium, which was built on public funds. So, pretty trash. Now, the city is also claiming that they lost more than $100 million in annual revenue due to the team leaving. So, hey, yeah, cough out, cough up for that as well. The suit was also claiming that the county of St. Louis also lost, sorry, they would also lose hotel property, and sales tax revenue after the team relocated. And this would uh, pretty much add up to about another $15 million. So $115 annually the city was missing out on, I would be mad too. So again, St. Louis gets his justice. Looks like Stan Kroenke got to pay up. And that's the way that it be. Uh, let's move on. Uh, we do have some more some more examples of the NFL in hot water. Of course, they are into it with Congress now. Now, we did break down uh, the Washington football team and talk about their issues uh, with their, well, their conduct. Again, they're being uh, investigated. We thought this was just, just being done by the NFL. No, actually. They're also being investigated by the, uh, excuse me, by U.S. Congress as well. Uh, Democratic representatives Carolyn B. Maloney of New York and Raja Krishna Krishna Murthy of Illinois again uh, are are leading this case, uh, and they sit on the House Oversight and Reform Committee. And then back earlier in October, they would give the um, they would give the NFL until about November the 9th to comply with their request of information for their request of transcripts. Of course, Washington, like I said, is under investigation for, again, uh, sexual assault, all type of workplace harassments and just wrongdoings. Of course, we heard about uh, the F 
sorry, the DEA raiding the, a former trainer's house. So there's a lot of drama going on here. Uh, again, an NFL spokesperson said in a statement that the league has cooperated with part of Congress's request and is trying to, this is another bullshit excuse here, they're trying to identify the requested documents. Congress has already told you, stop playing. Um, basically, what I see here is, again, Congress is trying to get to the bottom of this. The NFL is trying to hide some shit. Obviously, um, again, like we say here, they have issues of toxicity in their workplace. More than 40 women said that they were sexually harassed. Now, the league is also getting criticized for not releasing full written reports and only you know, releasing partial findings like, guess what, John Gruden's email. So we just hear about John Gruden, but we're not hearing nothing about what Daniel Snyder actually oversaw or what he was a part of or what the Washington football team uh, is being, you know, will be accused of. We don't see any of it. But again, they did release what they found about John Gruden to throw him under the bus. So again, the U.S. has to come back again. I mean, sorry, the NFL has to come back again with some actual files and shit like that uh there's also a problem with dan snyder the owner of the of the team uh pretty much saddling a lot of these victims with gag orders this is why this information has to come to light now if that being said with that being said if the nfl decides that they still don't want to cooperate well then guess what the house and oversight committee has the uh, ability to give out subpoenas so they're going to get the information one way or another it just depends on what the NFL is when the NFL is willing to just sit back and comply. Now, one more bit of news before we get into Week Twelve. Uh, Taysom Hill he signs himself a new contract, a contract, sorry, a contract extension uh, with the Saints. The two sides agreed to a uh, negotiation and an extension earlier last week, uh, putting uh, Hill on the team at least through twenty twenty five. Uh, opportunity of staying there through 2026 as well. He has a base, uh, well, actually, actually, excuse me, he's guaranteed 21 and a half million, uh, and he has the 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 deal itself is worth up to 54 million. There's a lot of incentives here, of course, performance driven. If he's able to perform well, he can earn, like I said, up to 52 million, uh, basically 10 million dollars per year. So again, it's all based on his performance. He hasn't really, you know, done so bad this year. He's played, you know, showed up for every role that he's had for the team. Um, you know, whether it be, you know, running the ball, passing, he does a little bit of passing every every now and again. So anything that the team needs, he provides for them. Uh, it's a good look. And again, they're taking care of him. So uh, let's move on from that. We are going to get into the scores from week 12. Let's start off with Thanksgiving with the Bears getting it done against the Lions, 16-14. to 14. Of course, uh, not much to really mention here. Both teams are trash. Uh, I am still waiting for the word of Matt Nagy being fired. We'll have to figure it out. I have to look back into that and see what happens. But in this one, Andy Dalton will go 24-39, 317 yards. He would throw a touchdown, but he would also throw a pick. Uh, we got for the, um, sorry, we got Darnell Moody with a pretty good game here. Five receptions for 123 yards. Uh, we also got Jimmy Graham here with a down. Uh, we got defensively Jalen Johnson with six total tackles. Robert Quinn.
pretty much good game from him. Three or four uh, in his field goals. He would also go on to hit the game winner. You know how it go. Uh, for the Lions, Jared Goff will go 21 of uh, 25 for 171 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, the Lions would only have 76 yards on the ground. Again, nondescript offensively for them. Uh, wide receiver Josh Reynolds will be the team's leading receiver with three catches and six, sorry, three catches, 70 yards, and a touchdown. And TJ Hawkinson will get a receiving touchdown as well. And Amani Arukarariye will get an interception. I know I kind of said that wrong. Forgive me, though. Uh, of course, my Raiders will get it done. Um, I'm really happy about this game. Of course, as this team has been surrounded by so much drama. This entire year, so it's a good time to get a win. 36-33 in overtime against the Cowboys. Of course, the Raiders move to 6-5. and five. The Cowboys are 7-4. and four. Um, By the way, the Bears are 4-7, and seven, and of course, the Lions are still winning this. That's their 10th loss on the year. For the Raiders, though, uh, Derek Carr will go 24-39 for 373 yards. He will get a touchdown. Josh Jacobs would have 87 yards on the ground and a touchdown. Uh, Marcus Mariota will get a t- rushing touchdown as well. Hunter Renfro will be the team's leading receiver in terms of yardage with uh, eight receptions and 134 yards. Derek, sorry, Deshaun Jackson uh, would have his first score with the Raiders. He'd also have 102 receiving yards as well. Safety Jonathan Abram would, would be the team's leading tackler with 10 total. And also Yannick Ngakwe will get a sack. Daniel Carlson will go 5-5 five five on his field goal attempts, of course, with that game winner. Dak Prescott will go 2-47 uh, for 375 yards. He would throw a pair of touchdown passes. Uh, Zeke Ezekiel Elliott will get a rushing touchdown as well. Michael Gallup and Cedric Wilson would have really good games receiving, both going over 100 yards. And Dalton Schultz will get a receiving touchdown. And defensively, Jordan Lewis will end up with seven total tackles and a sack. Uh, We also got the Bills blowing out the Saints on Thanksgiving as well. Let's take a look at the action Sunday. The Bills, sorry, the Bengals get the best of the Bengals. Sorry, the Bengals get the best of the Steelers. 31 to 10, of course. Uh, Big Ben 24-41, 24-41, 263 yards. He had a touchdown, but he would throw two picks. Just 51 total yards of rushing uh, between two backs for the Steelers. Uh, Najee Harris would have 23. Kalen Balage would have 21. Deontay Johnson would be the team's leading, leading receiver with nine receptions and 95 yards. Pat Fryer moved would have four receptions for 40 yards and a touchdown. And Minka Fitzpatrick would get eight sorry eight total tackles for an interception uh, and an interception as well. For the bank for the Bengals, Joe Burrow will go 20 or 24 for 190 yards. He would throw a touchdown, but he would have that pick. He would have a rushing touchdown as well. Joe Mixon uh, really had a solid performance last week with 165 yards and two touchdowns. Raw receiver T. Higgins would have six receptions for 140 yards and a touchdown. And defensively, t- uh, defensive tackle B.J. Hill will get a sack. And Eli Eli Apple and Mike Hilton will both get interceptions. Uh, the Dolphins will beat up on the Panthers 33-10. Uh, the Eagles got a win. Sorry, the Eagles took an L here against the, uh, the Giants. Uh, both teams have seven losses here. Giants through the four and seven. The Eagles are five and seven. For the Eagles, Jalen Hurts would go 14 and 31 for 129 yards, three interceptions. He will be the team's leading rusher with 77 yards on the ground. 
Boston Scott would have 64, 64 rushing yards and a touchdown. Uh, and Kenneth Gainwell will be your team's leading receiver with this, with just 32 receiving yards. And the team, uh, sorry, offensively, the Eagles will give up four turnovers. On defense, defensive lineman Jason Hargrove will get a sack. For the Giants, Daniel Jones will go 19-30 for 202 yards and a touchdown. Saquon Barkley will just have 50 yards on the ground. Tight end Chris Myerick will get a receiving touchdown. And defensively, uh, Xavier McKinney and Tay Crowder will both get interceptions. Uh, we got the Buccaneers getting a W against the Colts, 38-31. Tom Brady does uh, was decent, 226 yards. Uh, he would throw a touchdown and a pick. Leonard Fournette was the story of the game with 100 yards on the ground. He does a, he would have a rushing touchdown and a receiving touchdown. And defensively, we got Antoine Wilf Winfield coming up with seven total tackles and an interception. Carson Wentz would throw three touchdowns, but also two interceptions. Uh, Jonathan Taylor would score. Uh, Jack Doyle would score. And even T.Y. Hilton would score. And defensively, linebacker Darius Leonard would get 15 total tackles for the Colts. Moving on, we got the Titans uh, taking an L here against the Patriots, 36 to 13. Uh, we got the Falcons here getting a W against the Jaguars, 21 uh, to 14. Uh, we got the Chargers; they take an L here to the Broncos, 28 to 13. Uh, we got the Niners here beating uh, beating the Vikings, 34 to 26. And uh oh, I thought I had those stats for well. Anyways, I don't have those stats. Um, oh, no, we do. Uh, the Packers, they get it done against the Rams 28-36. Uh, the Packers are 9-3. and three. The Rams move to 7-4. and four. Uh, Matthew Stafford would lead the Rams uh, going 21-38 of 38 for 302 yards. He would have three touchdowns, but he would throw a pick. Daryl Henderson would have 55 rushing yards and a receiving touchdown. And OBJ would get five catches for 81 yards and a touchdown. And nose tackle Greg Gaines would get six total tackles and a sack. For the Packers, Aaron Rodgers would go 28-45 for 370 yards, two touchdowns in the air, a touchdown on the ground. Devontae Adams would get eight receptions for 104 yards. Randall Cobb would do his thing with four receptions and 95 yards. He would also get a touchdown as well. And A.J. Dillon would, receive, would get a receiving touchdown as well. On the defensive end, Kenny Clark would have five total tackles and a sack. Uh, and Rasul Douglas in the second secondary will get five total tackles as well and an interception. And finally, Monday night, of course, uh, we get this, we get the Washington football team getting a dub against the Seattle Seahawks. 17-15 is the final score. All right, y'all. Let's move on to some college basketball. Of course, we have a new top 25. It's a new week. Uh, let's start off um, let's Start off a little bit different. Let's start off with number one this week. We have a new, uh, brand new number one. We have Duke here, 7-0 overall, 51 first place votes. Uh, they, they are basically jumped up four slots from last week. They are 18th in points per game in the nation. Uh, with 85.6, they are 12th in offensive rating at a 118. Uh, and they do have a big game that we, we will be breaking down in just a little bit. Uh, they beat Gonzaga 84-81 to last Friday 
And uh, their next game is coming up tomorrow night. They will be playing Ohio State. Number two, we have Purdue six and zero. Uh, we have Gonzaga six and one. Of course, taking that loss last week to uh, Duke. We have Baylor here undefeated as well, seven and zero. Uh, they'll be having an easy game coming up this Saturday. They'll be facing off against Arkansas Pine Bluff. At number five, we have UCLA. Uh, they moved down three spots from last week, uh, but this week they should be getting on the right track. They will be facing off against Colorado. It should be a winnable game. Uh, moving on to Villanova, they are 4-2, and two, taking up the 6th place spot. At number 7, we have Texas at 4-1. and one. They are 8th in points allowed a game, uh, which is over, just a little bit over 54. They are 29th in defensive rating at 84.2. And they are 16th in the nation with steals at 10, at, at, sorry, at, with at least over 10 a game. And they also are riding a winning streak, four games in a row. At number eight, we have Kansas at five and one. Uh, at number nine, we have Kentucky at five and one as well. At number ten, we have Arkansas at six and zero. Oh. And at number eleven, we have Arizona at six and zero. Oh. Uh, they've jumped up six spots, six spots since last week. Uh, they scored 105 points last week versus Sacramento State. Uh, that is their most since 2009 when they faced off against Washington. Uh, they have three wins by at least 40 points or more. So offensively, they are cooking. They will begin conference play this week with Gaines versus Washington, uh, who's four and four and one and six Oregon State. And for Arizona, they are the, the they are the last undefeated team coming out of the Pac-12. The other one being. I'm sorry, they're just the second team out of the Pac-12 to be undefeated. The other one being uh, USC, of course. At number 12, we have BYU undefeated as well at 6-0. and uh, Their last uh, game was a W, 75-64 versus 75 to 64 over their in-state rival Utah guard. Uh, Guard to John Lucas will pretty much lead the team in scoring in that game with 18 points. Uh, they would shoot 45% in the field in that one, and um, they would outscore uh, they would outscore Utah in the second half, 48. Sorry, in the, in the first half, 48 to 33. Uh, moving on to Tennessee, they are four and one overall. At uh, 14, we have Florida here. Undefeated at six and zero, uh, moving up nine spots. Uh, they will be taking on Oklahoma this week uh, on Wednesday, to be exact. At number fifteen, we have Houston here at five and one. We have Alabama at six and one. We have Connecticut at number seventeen at six and one as well. At number eighteen, here comes Memphis at five and one. This week they'll be taking on an SEC SEC opponent in Georgia. We have nineteen Iowa State. They are six and zero. Oh. At number twenty, we mentioned them. We have USC. At number twenty one, we have five and one. Auburn at number 22 we have five and two Michigan State they went up nine spots since last week how I don't know when they were blown out last week by number four Baylor uh, in that game they were just led by Gabe Brown who would have 12 points the next leading scorer for Michigan State would just have nine points uh, they also gave up 19 turnovers in that game very sloppy blowout I don't know how they move up nine spots and are even ranked 
I don't know how that works. At number twenty-three, they have we have Wisconsin here, who's five and one overall. At number twenty-four, we have Michigan, who's four and two. And running out the top twenty-five for this week, we have Seton Hall at five and one. Now let's move on to how we got here. Um, let's talk about what went on over the weekend. Uh, let's start off with Friday. Uh, we had a couple um, top twenty. Well, we had some. We had a really good top twenty-five matchup between number nineteen Iowa State. Well, actually, it was a blowout. Number nineteen Iowa State and number eighteen Memphis. Uh, Iowa State will get the low, the blowout win, seventy-eight to fifty-nine. For Iowa State, they were led by guard Gabe Kalshir. Uh, Thirty points from him, two assists, and also eight rebounds. Uh, for Iowa State, they would shoot 45% overall from the field, 42 total rebounds with 14 offensive rebounds. So that is 14 extra extra point opportunities. They also passed the ball pretty well with 14 assists. And defensively, they would force 13 steals and 10 blocks. So, again, cutting off the scoring in the paint for Memphis. Uh, speaking of Memphis, they were led by Ford Imani Bates. 12 points from him. Uh, the team would go on to shoot 35% overall from the field, 35% from three, and also were lackluster from the lackluster, in my opinion, from the free throw line, just 65%. They were forced 10, blo 10 blocks as well, um, but they would give up the, uh, 22 turnovers. They were also outscored in the second half, 46 to 32. Like I said, uh, Gonzaga would get that three point. Sorry. Duke will get that three-point win against Gonzaga, 84-81. to For Gonzaga, they were led by Julian Strother. The guard would have 20 points and 10 rebounds. Three other players would score with 15 points or more, including Rossier, guard Rossier Bolton, will get 15 points, two assists, and six rebounds. Overall, Gonzaga will shoot 53% from field, but just 6 of 21 from the three-point line. And also, uh, didn't really uh, do well at the free-throw line as well. Just 7 of 11 attempts, which is with also 22 assists. So they did pass the ball well. Uh, for Duke, they were led by Ford Paolo Banchero. 21 points from him. Uh, he also would have 5 rebounds, 2 assists. Ford Wendell Moore would get 20 would get 20 points, six assists and six rebounds. Uh, for Duke, they would shoot 46% from the field, 15 of 25 from the free throw line. So that's 15 extra points just from that set alone. Uh, they will also force 11 steals and 17 turnovers. So Duke was all together firing on all. Well, they were firing as much as they could because Gonzaga was playing well too. Uh, we also got Kansas. Taking an L here Friday, uh, they will lose to unranked Dayton, 73-74. to 74. For Kansas, they will shoot 21% from three, 9 of 20 from the free throw line. Guard Ochai Agbaji will have a good game, though, with 21 points. For Dayton, they were led by Deron Holmes. He would have 16 points and three rebounds. They would also have four other players scoring in double digits. They would shoot 52% from the field, and they would, out, they, they would outscore the Jayhawks 39-28 to in the second half. To round out Friday, Kentucky, Bama, to Tennessee, Auburn, Purdue, and UConn will all get easy Ws. Moving on to Saturday, UCLA, Arizona, BYU would all get blowout wins as well. And moving on to Sunday, again, kind of the same thing. We got Seton Hall blowing out Bethune-Cookman, 70-84. to Troy would get blown out by number 14, Florida, 45-84. to uh, Arkansas, sorry, Kansas would get that revenge for that loss early in the week. Well, that loss the day before, or sorry, Friday. 
96-93, sorry, 96-83 to to against Iona. Uh, we also got a blowout win from Arkansas, 76-16 against Penn. We got Villanova getting getting it done against LaSalle, 72-46, and Bama will blow out Miami of Florida, uh, 96-64. to And let's move on to tonight's action. Uh we got Kentucky at number nine. They blow out Central Michigan, eighty-five to fifty-seven. Kentucky is six and one on the year. Central Michigan is one and five. For Central Michigan, they were led by their guards, Jermaine Jackson Jr. He would have eleven points. Uh, he would also have five assists and three rebounds. And Cameron Healy and uh, Ford Miroslav Stafel will both get nine points. For Kentucky, they were led by forward Oscar Tashibwe. 20 points from him, 16 rebounds. Guard Ty Ty Washington would get 15 points, sorry, 15 points, two rebounds, and six assists. And a couple takeaways from this game, uh, 47 rebounds from Kentucky. 20, 47, excuse me, 47 rebounds from Kentucky. They would get 20 offensive rebounds on top of that. The Wildcats would force 15 turnovers. And for Central Michigan, they would just shoot 41% from the field goal uh, from from the field, excuse me, and we're outscored 21 to 51 in the first half. Moving on, we got number seven, Texas, getting it done against Sam Houston State. Uh, 73 to 57 was the final score. Texas is five and two. Sam Houston State is two and five. Sam Houston State was led by Savion Flag. Uh, 16 points from him, eight rebounds, and guard Javian May and also uh, Demarcus Lampley will both have 18 points. May will go on to have eight rebounds to his totals. Texas uh, was led by guard Marcus Carr, 19 points from him, four assists and three rebounds. Guard Courtney Ramey and also Andrew Jones will both have 14 points each. Ramey would have two assists and four rebounds as well, and Jones will go on to add four rebounds as well. Texas would shoot 54% overall from the field and also 50% from three. Uh, they will also go on to force uh, six blocks and also 14 turnovers defensively. Sam Houston would shoot 41% from the field, from the field, 38% from three, and were held under 30 points in each half. Rounding out the top 25 action from tonight, we got Gonzaga getting a somewhat close win. I don't know how this worked out. I never heard of Tarleton State, but they barely beat they barely beat this school, Tarleton State. I don't know nothing about it. 64 to 55, of course. Um, you know, Gonzaga trying to come back from that loss last week to Duke. All right, y'all. I'm going to take another quick break, and when we come back, of course, I'll be going off the deep end and breaking down some idolatry in the modern era. All right, y'all. I'll be right back. That is what I want y'all to do for me. What you looking for? The same thing. It's a new thing. Check out this. I bring all the rope below the level because I'm living low next to the base. Come on. Turn up the radio. They're claiming I'm a criminal. But now I wonder how. Some people never know. The enemy could be the Frank Guardian. I'm now a hooligan. I rock the party and clear all the madness. I'm not a racist. Preach the teach the all. Because they never had this. Number one. Number one to run about the gun. I wasn't licensed to have one. The minute they see me, fear me, I'm the epitome, a public enemy, use the fuse without clues, I refuse to blow a fuse. Alright y'all, so the topic of tonight's deeper thinking discussion is going to be 
idolatry. Of course, I've mentioned this before. Well, why are we talking about, well, why am I talking about idolatry? Okay, well, I think, and this again, we're going through con some conjecture. Am I going through my feelings? No, not a whole lot of, well, there's going to be some facts here. There's going to be some places where I'm going to, some, some places where I'm going to cite. You know, at least one source that I'm going to cite tonight. A source that a lot of us know, a majority of us know about. We might not read every day, but, you know, it's a part of a lot of our lives. Um, I'm not a religious person, so it's not necessarily a part of my life, but there's a lot of us that get something from it. And even though it's not my uh, an official part of my life, it's, you know, it still is there for some reference for some things. And for those of you who don't know, I'm, I'm talking about the Bible. And I'm talking about our worship, because we will call it what we want to call it. But this is a worship of um, of idols that we're into. And I'm going to use the Bible to kind of see and kind of point out some inconsistencies in how we look into things or how we're looking at things. Although I'm not religious, I know a lot of us, uh, particularly a lot of people who claim to follow these celebrities or because this is what I this is where I'm going into. This is where I'm headed with this. You know. A lot of us, you know, are adherents to these religions. And in this country, of course, Christianity is the faith of choice. I'm not saying that everybody is a you know, is Christian or everybody follows the book to a T and it's not necessarily, I'm not necessarily here to judge the individual, but again, it's to judge the society that they are trying to bombard us with, with these so-called, you know, celebrities. Now, what is idolatry? It's the worship of idols extreme admiration now that this is this is your common definition of it now of course we have our biblical interpretations which I do feel are misguided now I'm just going to just outright and tell you why I feel this way the Bible tells you that idolatry is fetishism or just restricted to fetishism, fetish, fetishism, sorry, it didn't come out perfect, worshiping the nature and stars and the rivers and having reverence and giving reverence to those things, looking up to the sun and being grateful that the sun is, is beaming on you. That is, that is a sin in the Christian world. Also, looking up to your ancestors, devotion to your ancestors who've lived and, and passed on. That's wrong. At least according to the quote-unquote Christian Bible. Now, this is my problem with that. Because it leads to the admiration and a strict admiration of men. And not just man as opposed to human. No, men. You have figures like Christ. We, we, we are praying to men. 
the preacher is important the pastor the 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 church the establishments those are important we worship those see that is also idolatry see Christianity and modern religion has you thinking that anything, you know, of course, not related to religion is is automatically a sin. Oh, it's wrong to pray to trees and it's wrong to give reverence to the nature, to nature, to the air that you breathe. Why? Why is that the case? But you want to pray to a man. Oh, a man who lived thousands of years ago. So that would make him an ancestor. You pray to Jesus. Everything you say in terms of your prayers, your Christian prayers at least, are in Jesus' name. Jesus was an ancestor. He lived thousands of years before you and I. But it's okay to just worship his word. Oh, but your your great-great-grandmother? Oh, that's a sin. That's outrageous. But you want to you want to praise this man. You want to praise other men, rich men, the pre again, the preacher the witch doctor, the witches in the occult circles. See, you don't want to you don't want to worship the unseen. You don't want to give reverence to nature, but you want to pray to men and the idea of other men. That is idolatry as well. Jesus pieces, crosses. That's fetishism. I think it's very weird that we live in a society that we're being taught to not reverence or give reverence to the sun who brights shining light on us, who, who provides the process of photosynthesis for the plants that we get the oxygen from. But you want to praise a man named Jesus when his name A wasn't Jesus. He didn't look like any of the pictures that we are given. He looks zero like that. The Bible said he had skin of burnt brass and hair of wool. Yet we are given the depiction of a long-haired white man with blue eyes. But you worship him. That's who you worship. You say in Jesus' name, but he spoke Hebrew and his name was not Jesus. It was That's a translation. And they'll tell you, well, that's just how they... No, 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 no. It's done by design. So you, again, you don't want to pray to you don't want to give reverence and thanks to the the world that surrounds you but again you want to pray to the men that lived here that lived on the planet oh my my preacher said this let me go no 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 and see we could take it a step further and apply it to this celebrity think about it why do you like people like kanye west Think about your reasoning, and I'm going to tell you right to your face, that is idolatry. When you take what Kanye says verbatim, and when you start telling me in the world that, oh, he's saying something important, he's he's doing all, and your reasoning behind it is he's rich, he's a successful rapper, that's idolatry. That's idolatry. You're worshiping another man. See, no one of the earth is fucked up. Polar ice caps are, are melting. Temperatures are going up and down. We're having droughts. 
We don't give a fuck about nature, but they love what some other guy, some man said. And not even a, a woman at that. They want they don't even want you to love women like they, anything with a man. Father, son, holy spirit. What the fuck are you talking about? It's the man and the woman who create life. Man, woman, child. That's what the world is. See, they even got you worried about worshiping the sun and, and stars and shit that you can actually see. But they want you to they want to take that from you and they want you to worship their institution. They want you to worship their image of hey, who they believe God to be. And who? Well, the people who enslaved us. So when Kanye turns around talking about the Christian God and Jesus, this it's fake to me. It is. And 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 if and if you know, and this this whole worship of particularly people who are wealthy, you know, I've always, I'm always coming across some bootlicker comments about Elon Musk and and all these folk like you know Jeff or yeah Bezos, like you know these people are self-made. You know, first and foremost, a lot of these people are doing deals with the government. The government is giving them money. In terms of the record industry, in terms of who makes it, these people are chosen. A lot of us, 90% of us, don't matter how good we were, we will be rappers. If we, hypothetically speaking, 90% of us are not going to be famous at all. 99, 95, they are choosing the 1% that they want to be established. Sorry, this is how life in this country, in this society works in terms of who they want to place. This is placement. This is being done on purpose. Well, since y'all love rich people so much... For my Christian folk, how do you how do you defend your love and and idolatry for the rich and the wealthy when Proverbs eleven four tells you, riches do not profit in the day of wrath, but righteousness delivers from death. How about Timothy six nine through ten? But those who have desired to be rich fall into temptation into shit into a snare into many senseless and harmless desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil it is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced pierced themselves with many pangs a sudden sharp pain or painful emotion that's what a pain is isn't that similar to the 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 emotions and the instability mentally that somebody like Kanye West is exhibiting? But that's your boy. How about Proverbs eleven twenty? Whoever trusts in his in his riches will fall, but the righteous will flourish like a green leaf. That doesn't that doesn't make you feel some type. Of, this is coming from your Bible. Deuteronomy 8.17 Beware, let's say in your heart My power and the might of my hand Have gotten me this wealth Didn't say nothing about corporations paying you Didn't say nothing about you doing some backroom deals And promoting certain agendas Didn't say nothing about that My might of my hand Hmm How about, try this one on for size Mark 10.25 it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, why is it this is the case? I'm going to tell you why. 
I don't think the Bible has any problem with people having money, taking care of their family, and trying to survive. I think what is highlighting is the ultra desire. When you make everything about money, when you brag about your money, I'm, I'm worth $6 billion. That is what the Bible is calling out. But y'all, run around with it because again, we are taught that money is what makes these people. But again, we are being taught at least in y'all religious text that y'all claim that y'all y'all Christian. This is in y'all text. You shouldn't be tripping about being rich like that. That's what it's saying here. Kanye Kanye is going through acts and phases for what? Because that is what he's being propped up to do. I don't know if he really has a mental illness. I don't know if he's crazy. I wouldn't be surprised if part of his whole spiel being given to him by the record labels that he works for, the corporations that he works for, is telling him to do this or or or, or giving him free reign to do this. It's like it's like every every action he's doing is for self promotion. At the end of the day, no matter how crazy he looks or bad shit that he looks, we know why he's doing it. It's for the love of his money. Again, this is wrong. But you follow right behind him. I wonder why. Jay Z told you you got to do anything to to make it and survive, even if that means selling dope to your own people. I'm sorry. That goes against the principles that y'all claim y'all about. I'm just saying. That's why religion is like, I mean, you try to tell a spiritualist like me about about a religion, and it's like, y'all don't even really follow it like that. Y'all don't even follow your own shit. And y'all got the nerve to be judging motherfuckers. Talking about ancestral worship this. What the fuck are you... Again, Timothy, Timothy, the people who wrote Proverbs that y'all read in the Bible, the Ecclesiastes that I got a verse for here, those are ancestors. The fuck are y'all talking about? That's an ancestor. Oh, oh, oh! You can't, you can't walk around uh, praying to the to the to the heavens or the stars or whatever, but you walk around praying to a cross that. That supposedly the man who brought you your religion died on? That's silly. That's like me rocking the chain of the gat that murdered somebody that I know. Or that's like, you know, wearing a C for cancer. Like, yeah, you know, that's what killed my friend. That's what, you know, so many people I know died from. Let's represent. That's weird. You don't rock a chain that represents what your person died on. But again, that's what modern religion gives you. And then they turn around and they use like the word of God. They're using your, your people's words for profit. Don't you see what your man is doing? He over here talking about, I want my family back. But over here talking about how he already looking at hoes and shit. Looking at OnlyFans bitches. Didn't he cheat on Kim tomorrow? I want my family back. If you wanted your family, why are you out there fucking all these women? Slinging dick out here. That doesn't make any sense. Oh, now you got caught up. She leaving. She with some white dude. Now it bothers you? Fake. I'm sorry. It's fake, y'all. It's all part of the game. I, at this point, I'm not falling for it anymore. You got to look past the smoke. You are out here worshiping men, but don't even want to say thank you, God, or, th or be grateful that the sun is out. Be thankful that there's running water in this earth. 
I'm sorry. There's more things important than than these established puppets. I do not worship the word of man. I worship God, the creator. There's a creator that I believe in. I truly do. Do I believe in and everything else the Bible has to offer and everything these religions have to offer? No, not necessarily. Again, this 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 interpretation of, of what's right and what's wrong or what's idolatry, it's right there in front of your face. You obsessing over celebrities you've never met, that is idolatry. Sorry. When you take what Kanye says and you and you make it your life's purpose, he is no one to you. He's not your father. He didn't give birth to you. He didn't help give birth to you. He didn't impregnate the woman who gave birth to you. He didn't raise you. He ain't going to pay you money for sucking his dick. He ain't going to give you money for defending him in these fucking YouTube comments and these, and these Facebook arguments and these discussions. He's not paying you. Get off his nuts too. Stop riding celebrities' dicks and clitorises. Get off. Get your own life. You have family. You have friends. All those people are way more important than Kanye West, despite his fucking net worth. I don't give a fuck if he's worth $6.7 He ain't more important than the people who raised me. He ain't more important than the people in my life who accepted me as a friend. Fuck him. Who the fuck is he? And you got the nerve to go to his motherfucking son. That's Jim Jones, People's Temple Part 2. But y'all go ahead and keep fucking around with them false prophets. Because he out for profit. He just opened it up. That's tax-free. That's tax-free income. He ain't no motherfucking real-life Christian. He ain't no motherfucking man of God. And he for certainly ain't no spiritualist. He ain't got hate. That shit fake, y'all. That's dangerous. He's a cult leader. Y'all keep going along with that. He's preaching all that. That's why y'all modern religions is flawed. If you following behind motherfucking celebrities with money, your religion is flawed and you need to go back and do some homework. You need to go in and look more spiritually. You're looking for outside motherfuckers and it's in within you. You got to connect with God. Fuck what Kanye talking about. He can't take you there. You're going to have to go on your own. That's all I'm going to say. Stop praising celebrities who you've never met and never will meet. There's certain there's certain things in the Bible that I do go along with, like not killing somebody, not coveting your neighbor's wife. You know? He out there chasing women on OnlyFans. I'm like, I want to get my family back. You sound fake. That sounds fake. Stay at home with your woman. You want your woman. You shouldn't have been cheating on her and running around doing whatever. We, I, I mean, and, and it's funny that he's begging and talking about all that. You can hear it in his album. Halfway, he's supposed to be a player. He's over that. He's hard, and he better respect. And two songs later, of Miss Kim, subconscious. We can hear it. But it's all generic. That relationship was all made by media. I would have never married somebody who was getting banged by somebody else on camera. Y'all will go with anything in this generation. That's why y'all talk, was talking about Will and Jada was goals. That was never goals. Stop the foolishness. Stop looking up to these motherfuckers because they got some money, just because they got some clout. Stop doing it. It's leading us down the wrong path. That's all I'm going to say. I'm going to wrap it up for tonight. 
as far as what we got going on um as far as uh we got going on this week uh we get back to the podcast we are getting back to some news uh international or domestic we'll see what what's the biggest thing going on also want to get into some more uh mlb offseason stuff we got to get through some free agency we got some more end of the season awards to talk about uh we also want to i also want to update you on the nba as well uh look out for some new youtube projects those will be out soon and uh, if you are looking for me, I will keep <laughs> the link that I have available for you guys. Also, make sure to check out the YouTube channel as well. Never Out of Bounds, the same name. Uh, please social support, like, subscribe. Just look at the videos, whatever you need, whatever you feel like you want to do. But they're much appreciated. All right, y'all. I'm going to call it a wrap. If anybody hasn't told you yet, I love you. Peace out. One love. And I'll highlight you guys later.